0: Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word In Jesus name Now we, we continue with our subject of leadership And I think it's very important uh, If you followed through last um, class that we heard we, we, we actually talked about the different kinds of leadership all right, we laid the foundation of the different kinds of leadership, um, and we talked about the leadership that that the world and the leadership of the kingdom. Now it's important for us to understand that um, these truths, these truths, um, it doesn't have to become mental. All right, it has to actually become a lifestyle because when we become leaders in the kingdom, what is happening is that God is actually developing us to become not just leaders positionally, but leaders in lifestyle. I need to note that down. We're not just becoming leaders by position, we're becoming leaders by what? By lifestyle. Now today, we're looking at effective leadership stroke discipleship. We're looking at effective leadership stroke discipleship. I hope you got the lecture notes of the last class. We're also going to share these notes and also the messages with you. Take advantage of them. Go through them again and again and again and again. One of the marks of um, a leader who will be effective is someone who is a consistent learner. Now, I'd, I'd like to say something there. When we talk about consistent learning, we're not talking about grabbing every available information. We're talking about learning the right information. Because one one, one thing I've observed is that you see people trying to learn from different people, learn different things, and it's just an accumulation of information that's not directional. You know, the higher you become a leader, you have to select what you read. You have to select the materials you read. Uh, And the reason is because, For the right materials, you've got to feed on them over and over again until the truths of those materials are embedded in your system. Alright? That's what it takes to become an effective leader. Now, now then, let's say, in our last session, we discussed the model of servant leadership, which Jesus emphasized as the kingdom pattern of leadership. Jesus emphasized the model servant of leadership As the kingdom pattern of leadership Jesus differentiated Between the secular Worldly leadership Which he referred to as Gentile leadership From what? From kingdom leadership So we studied that And we'll, we'll go through it again Jesus actually differentiated Both leadership. He said there's a Gentile form of leadership and there is a kingdom form of leadership. So, uh, as Christians, when we talk about leadership, the first thing we are talking about is we're not talking about the whole worldly system of leadership. We're talking about the kingdom system of leadership. The concept of leadership in the kingdom is associated with words as servant and slave. All right, With the sole aim Of not amassing followers Leadership in the kingdom Is not so much about the followers You are immersing to yourself And I will explain this As we go on But it's focused on salvation Redemption and leading men Back to Christ Or back to that original image Of Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26 When God created Every man on this earth it's got that image of Genesis 1:26 of the perfect man in the image and the likeness of God. And when we become leaders in the body of Christ or when we become leaders in the ministry, one of the things that God is counting on us to do is to lead men back to this truth. Okay? Now, let's go to Matthew 20, 20 verse 24 to 28. Matthew chapter 20, verse 24 to 28. When the ten other disciples heard What James and John had asked They were indignant They were angry Remember we, we, we studied this so much last, uh, In our last class But Jesus called them together And said you know that The rulers in this world That's the genders love it over their people Pay attention to this Pay very close attention to this and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. So you see two things there. They lord it over people and they flaunt their authority. The Christian leader is not the one who flaunts things. Because we don't want people attracted to those things. We don't want people just attracted to the position. We don't want people just attracted to the things that come with the position. Okay? Now, as a pastor of my local church, people respect me. Alright? As, as a pastor of my local church People respect me But it's not the respect that I should focus on Okay it's, That's not what I should flaunt I shouldn't flaunt my respect I shouldn't flaunt my protocol I shouldn't flaunt you know the paparazzi that comes With the office However you have arranged it It says they like to flaunt their authority Over those over them Under them, sorry So that's not kingdom leadership Kingdom leadership is not flaunting authority Please understand that Kingdom leadership is not flaunting authority But Jesus says but among you it will be different It will be different among you Jesus said that It will be different among you Then he said Whoever wants to be a leader among you Must be your servant And whoever wants to be first among you Become your slave for even, he now, he now models that using his own life He says, for even the son of man Came not to be served But to serve others And to give his life as a ransom for many What, what a thought He says, I didn't come to be served I actually came to serve and to give myself as a ransom for many. So, Jesus, in one sentence, rephrased leadership. And if your mind, listen, I'll tell you this, if your mind is not renewed as a Christian leader, you would act like a Gentile leader. If your mind is not renewed as a Christian leader, You would act like a Gentile leader Now In my notes I said The Gentile approach to leadership Was domineering and lordship The kingdom approach to leadership Was more purpose driven And the purpose Was for those Jesus came to rescue So I needed to carefully look at that verse Jesus said the Gentile leaders Lorded over people They flung their authority Over those under them Their focus was just people, people, people But when Jesus talked about His own concept of leadership He now says I've come to serve And to give my life As a ransom for many So you see Jesus' leadership Was more of purpose there was a purpose to it. It wasn't just about the people. It was about what he brought for the people. So, uh, as a member of a church or as a leader in your church, is it just that having many people make you feel good or you're bringing something to serve them? This is where discipleship comes in. So, Jesus did not just come to have A lot of people follow him No, that's not the reason He actually came with a purpose For those people He came to serve them something Which was salvation that he came to offer So as a Christian leader What are you giving to your people? It's not the people who are to serve you. It's you who is to serve the people something. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11, 12 and 13. The Bible says he gave gift unto men that the saints might be equipped. equipped. So as a pastor, I don't see my members as those making my ministry. I see myself serving them the word of God, the teachings of God's word. So that they will become equipped. They will become matured. So, when we look at effective leadership from a Christian perspective, we're talking about a a leadership that's got a purpose. It's not just about building a big organization. It's not just about building large following. These things can come. But the truth of the matter is, Christian leadership is much more about... Offering something to the people That God has given to you When God called Joseph To become a leader It was to rescue and to preserve The children of Israel From famine When God called Um, Moses to become a leader it was to rescue the children of Israel from Egypt. When God called um, David to become a leader he was to lead the children of Israel so God doesn't appoint leaders for their sake he appoints leaders, listen carefully for the sake of the people for the sake of the people so that they serve the mind of God or the purpose of God and they actualize the purpose of God are you following this now? now Effective leadership in the kingdom is not so much about building organizations, empires, edifice. This might come along the way, but the ultimate purpose of leadership in the kingdom is making sure that the ultimate purpose of Christ and God in the scripture is fulfilled. What is that purpose? Leading men to Christ and growing them in maturity. See, When um, the children of Israel wanted to leave Egypt and Pharaoh wasn't happy, what did he do? He says, give them a harder task. Let them produce more bricks. What was Pharaoh going to use those bricks for? To build Egypt. So, you see that the worldly leadership used people to build things. You're not just using people to build your church. I try to say that all the time to pastors. We're not trying to use people to build our church. We're not trying to use people to build our ministry. No, the ministry is to build the people. Come on, are you following this? You're not trying to build a ministry. You've got no ministry to build. You are building people. You are equipping people. Okay, we're not trying to have more people So we can become the most famous pastors on the earth That's not the purpose of ministry When God calls us into leadership He calls us because of the cry of the people So we can serve the people So God says, I'll give you shepherds after my own heart That will feed you with knowledge and understanding Now when Jesus looked at the children of Israel He says they were scattered They were like sheep without shepherd And he had compassion upon them And he began to teach them Jesus did not use the disciples to build his ministry He took the disciples and taught them You see, that's why in in Christian ministry Your greatest emphasis is discipleship Who are you pouring yourself into? It's not who is making you feel like a big man of God Come on, I hope you guys are getting this It's It's not like, I want to build a big ministry Forget about that Forget about that. You're not called to build a big ministry. You're called to impact people. And as that impact touches, as that impact reaches out to people, however the size of the ministry will be, it's the Lord that gives the increase. You stay faithful in planting the seed. You stay faithful in watering the seed. And you allow the Lord to do what He wants to do with your life. Right Now look at this. How we do this is through biblical leadership. or sorry, discipleship. Now, effective leadership in the kingdom is discipleship. Effective um, leadership in the kingdom is what? Discipleship. I hope you can still see me, right? Can you still see me? Oh, okay. I saw someone commenting about the video, so I just wanted to, to be sure. Now, there is what you call the concept of mentorship. Okay, now the, the concept of mentorship uh, came from a Greek mythology. I wrote, it, I wrote about it in my book called Dear Timothy. It's, it's a concept from a Greek mythology where mentors was going to war and he needed someone to train his son and then he handed away his son to somebody to train him in the art of war and everything. So the concept of uh, mentorship particularly is that someone be trained now pay very close pay very close attention to this don't miss this in the kingdom of God we don't have mentorship you cannot find mentorship please don't miss this don't miss this aspect you don't have mentorship in the kingdom because the mentorship where the concept of mentorship was taken from was the principle of training someone more in terms of principles and methods so the, the, the person taught you the art of war taught you the skill of war right what we have in the kingdom is discipleship now somebody said pastor what's the difference I'm glad you asked Mentorship is so much about principles Discipleship is so much about doctrine Do you realize Jesus never taught the disciples How to heal the sick He taught them They had the authority over sickness But he didn't teach them method So, what discipleship does in the scripture is doctrine. And if you have the proper doctrine, the outflow of the correct method will flow out. Now, the reason I'm saying this is because we've got people today who are trying to learn the principles of ministry without the doctrine of ministry. So, for instance, if your foundational doctrine of leadership is from all of those secular companies, and you try to bring it into the kingdom, you will start running the ministry like a secular organization, even though it's a spiritual organization, because you've understood the method of leadership without understanding the doctrine of leadership with which Jesus taught. Now let me show you something very clearly here. Second Timothy chapter three, verse ten to eleven. Second Timothy three ten to eleven. He says, "But you, Timothy, certainly know what I teach." The King James version, or the King James, version say, "You know my doctrine, and what my and how I live, and what my purpose in life is." Three things, three key things Paul said about Timothy. He says, "Hey, Timothy, you know what I teach. You know how I live." And you know what my purpose in life is. You know my faith, you know my patience, my love, my endurance. You know how much persecution and suffering I've endured. You know all about how I was persecuted in Antioch, in Iconium, and Lystra, but the Lord rescued me from all of it. You have fully known my doctrine, and my manner of life, and my purpose. Effective discipleship covers those three things. The first thing is doctrine So in in kingdom leadership Listen to me In kingdom leadership we are imparting Our spirit into those who follow us That is why when Moses was to take those 70 elders God says let them come So I will take from your spirit and put upon them You see leadership in the kingdom Is not just haphazard It's not just about position So, a a Christian leader is, uh, you ensure that people are following the right doctrine. That is why the way we train leaders in the kingdom is by teaching. Three things there. Doctrine, character. He says, you've known my lifestyle. Because your doctrine will inform your character. And that's why sometimes I find it very amusing how people follow people with all kinds of doctrine and it's not because they really want mentorship. What they want is the results of that man. So the man has large following. The man has money. He has very large but his doctrine is what? And people don't see anything wrong in it. They just say, oh yeah, I like him. He has results. No. Effective leadership in the kingdom starts with doctrine. Okay? So there is how leadership is seen in this organization. There is how finances are done in this ministry. From, from what we see in God's word, this is how we conduct ourselves financially. You know, this is how we live by the word of God. You know, I, I, I was someone was telling me the other day, and, and I found it interesting, that several people who've left our church, you know, they come back. Sometimes they come back after one year, after two years. Sometimes even they don't come back when they're in trouble. They reach out. For us to pray with them. And someone said, But why? But they don't do that. I said, See, I understand that this uh, God's sheep given to me, when they decide to leave the church, I don't place a curse on them. I don't curse anybody who's left my church. Why? Because my doctrine doesn't allow me that bitter water and sweet water will flow out of the same stream. You see, so that doctrine informs my position when people leave the ministry. And because we we, we still um, reach out to them in love and and all of that, they're able to come back maybe years after because that door is open. Are, Are you following this now? Now, that's not a method of leadership. That's a leadership style that is informed by my doctrine that the minister of God works in love. I hope you're, you're understanding clearly what I'm trying to say. So if somebody comes and say, How do you do it? It's not how I do it. Rather, it's what I believe that informs what I do. So the challenge we have most times in trying to run Christian organizations is we are just filling people with methods who haven't really understood our doctrine or what we believe. Now, The second thing about effective leadership in the kingdom is character, lifestyle. You cannot separate character from leadership in the kingdom. Listen, the the kingdom leadership does not put so much emphasis on competence as it does in character. You see, the world will put emphasis on competence. Okay? The kingdom will put emphasis on character first. It, it doesn't mean we don't put emphasis on competence, but what we'll have is we look at character. We look at your behavior. That is why in Acts chapter 6, when they were asking for leaders, they said those full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom and who have a good reputation. Character was big. Even for those who serve tables, character was a big issue. Are you following this now? Now, the other thing is purpose and mission Every leader must have a vision Every leader must have a mission What's your mission? What's your vision? You can't be running around town Without a clear-cut vision We've got a leadership school What's the vision of this leadership school? You see, one of my visions as a leader Is that everybody who comes to our local assembly Understands the word of God Is able to teach the word of God That vision drives me to teach the way I teach that vision drives me to invest in materials to study so i can become better all right when i was invited for this leadership school i went ahead to prepare my leadership notes to share with the students because my vision when i train people is to equip them so they can you can even take mm-hmm. the same materials and go and teach others that's my vision I'm not so much concerned about, oh, what are people going to do with this material? I hope they will not copy it. I hope they will not use it to teach. You see, because I've got a vision that everybody I teach, I want to equip them so they can become equipers. I don't have a problem with sharing materials. I don't have a problem with making myself available. I don't have a problem with teaching what I know. There is no uh, insecurity around what I know. So your vision will determine How you will disciple people Listen to me The greatest thing you can do in kingdom leadership Is discipleship Paul discipled Timothy And Timothy was a pastor over the Ephesus church And we know that the Ephesus church was a large church The people you disciple Would lead other organizations Alright Your discipleship would multiply your effect, will multiply the work of God will multiply the vision of the ministry But sometimes it doesn't look popular Because you might be doing it in secrets You might be doing it to a few group of people Like Jesus started with just 12 people When Jesus started discipleship With 12 people Of course the Pharisees had more large following The synagogues were full The synagogues weren't full because Jesus was going there to preach The synagogues were full because they had to go perform Their religious obligation But God walked through those 12 And changed the world Okay So uh, because As a kingdom leader When you start serving people It might look like you're wasting your time Please pay attention to this When you start serving people It will seem as if you are wasting time You know People just want the positions want the accolade But as you serve people You're following the pattern of God And it will have eternal benefits In Jesus' life he have to teach His disciples to pray and I say this, disciples are not raised by assumption, they are raised by deliberate training and intentional teaching. Discipleship is a tedious work, discipleship is a hard work and you have to be prepared for it. It's part of the baptism Jesus was asking the sons of Zebedee if they are ready to be baptized, it's part of the cup of suffering. When you are discipling people, you would suffer. You would suffer. It's not easy. It's easy to just sit and command people. Hey, you do this. Hey, you do that. But if you want to pour doctrine upon people, if you want to form character in people, you know, Paul says, my little children, with are traveling in bed pains that Christ be formed in you? Why was he traveling in bad pains? He didn't just want to be that big apostle sitting somewhere. He wanted these people to be imparted with the life of Christ, that the life of Christ be formed in them. And, and so... For us as leaders, that's what we want to see, that our people are disciples. So we must understand that disciples are not raised by assumptions. Please understand that. You cannot raise disciples by assumptions. Disciples are raised by deliberate training and intentional teaching. Did you get that? Disciples are raised by deliberate training and intentional teaching. Luke 11.1. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place Luke 11:1 1. one day Jesus was praying in a certain place when he finished one of his disciples said to him Lord teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples So you see something happened here the disciples recognized that to pray listen to this as Jesus was praying, they have to be taught. So, discipleship again is not so much as just learning by observation. Learning by observation is is good, but if you are talking about discipling people, you cannot leave their learning to observation. Jesus never left the disciples to learn by observation. He taught them. So you would hear things, if you read my book The Art of Concentration in Ministry, you see where I talk about concentrating on teaching your disciples. He would take them to the mountain and explain parables to them. He would take them and explain things. He would see this and explain. Questions would come. He would explain deeper. What Jesus was doing was that he was not leaving the knowledge of the disciples to assumption. Many times, as leaders, we make that mistake. If you are training somebody, if you are impacting somebody, don't leave their knowledge to assumption. Be deliberate about content. The people I disciple, I give them books. I said, read this book. Read this article. Pay attention to this website. Uh, Listen to this tape. What am I doing? I'm intentional. I'm not assuming that they will stumble on it. Your disciples will not stumble on things you're stumbling on. You see, your space gives you access to certain materials. Because of my kinds of friends on Facebook, I can see certain things that my disciples will not see because those people are not their friends. So I can share those materials. I can copy those materials and put... Sometimes when I'm reading certain books, I highlight certain quotes and put it in those that I'm training. What I'm trying to say is you can be a leader over a big organization but you've got to find a way to create a discipleship system where you are intentionally pouring and transforming someone. That's what Jesus did. He preached to the multitudes, but he had the 12 that were to be with him and for him to teach. It's those 12 that carries the DNA of your the organization. They are like the spine of your of your of your of your system they are the spinal cord the backbone that it's it's on those people you're raising that you can pour everything on all right now they said lord teach us to pray just as john taught his disciples to pray so you observe that john also did not leave his disciples with assumption so john taught a particular way That his disciples would pray Jesus taught a particular way His disciples would pray So when you see someone praying Listen again It did not teach them methods of prayer It taught them the doctrine of prayer So you never see anywhere Where Jesus said we should pray for 6 hours You never see anywhere Jesus said we are praying No Two things Jesus did He taught them prayer and he lived prayer Which comes back to our effective leadership Doctrine and lifestyle So they observed him pray They saw him pray And He taught them what to pray So he didn't live their prayer life To their imaginations Listen, if you are a leader of an organization, if you are a leader of a ministry, everything has to be taught. Don't leave things to assumptions. So, you realize that the proof that, listen now, the proof that you were a disciple of someone is that that person had taught you. So, John's disciples were taught by John. The Pharisees' disciples were taught by the Pharisees. Jesus' disciples were taught by Jesus. So essentially, kingdom leadership is teaching people what the Lord has poured into your life. See, so it wasn't so much as perpositions as opposed to pouring into people. That is where the service now comes. You are not waiting for the people to serve you. You are serving them. Demand it. It's like Jesus said, "Freely have I given to you. Freely have you received. Freely give." I've given to you the healing power. Go serve people with the healing power. Are you following this now? Now, uh, let's look at Acts four thirteen. Acts chapter four and verse thirteen. Look at this. It says. um, Sorry, I said our character is also very important Because it rubs off on those we lead Why character is important Is that it will rub off on the people You are leading Now, Acts 4.13 When they saw The boldness of Peter And John And they perceived That they were unlearned And ignorant men They marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. This translation says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled ordinary men, they were astonished. But they took note that these men had been with Jesus. So what happened? Effective kingdom leadership must lead to transformation. If you're leading people and there are still babes after many years of leading them. You are just taking a stroll, you're not leading them. There must be a transformation. There must be people must note that listen, this man had been with this man, this man is listening to this man. That must happen. There is no discipleship without transformation. You know, it's like Paul saying about Titus and Timothy. He says, Walk we not in the same spirit. Walk we not in the same steps. He was trying to say, listen, when I came, I didn't defraud you. And when these guys came, they didn't defraud you. We walk in the same spirit. So effective leadership in the kingdom is transmitting of that same spirit into the people you lead So that it can become effective representative of the kingdom of God Remember, and I'll talk about that as we go on Everything here borders on the kingdom It's not just for yourself It's on the kingdom It's for the kingdom Okay? Now, effective leadership in the kingdom must lead to transformation When people come around you When people associate with you When people are with you When people belong to your ministry There must be visible transformation As a result of doctrinal importation Okay? For instance The people around me know I am big on time It's one of the first things you learn around me You keep to time you know, when people come for our meetings, they commend our time management. And that's important. That's a value. So it will be, it'll be very unfortunate for someone to stay with me for a while, receive my teachings, receive my doctrines, my impartation and my lifestyle, and still go and not have that basic value. Are you following? I'm just using time as an example. So, when people come around you, who you are will rub up on them. Now, pay attention. That's That's the more reason you should work on yourself. That's the more reason a leader must focus on becoming better because the people you're leading are going to be like you. So, you want to ask yourself, am I comfortable with everybody I'm leading becoming like me? Let's look at something. In Matthew chapter 4 verse 19 Jesus said uh, Matthew wrote it says Jesus called out to them Matthew 4:19 Jesus called out to them and says come follow me I will make you fishers of men uh, the the NLT and the NIV says I will show you how to fish for people Can you see that transformation? Jesus is saying When you follow me I'm going to now show you How to become fishers of men I'm going to transform What you do and what you stand for So Jesus took ordinary fishermen And turned them to become evangelists it took their mundane trade and changed them to do something heavenly. When people follow you, what do they become? Are they transformed? Do they do something higher? Do they do something more eternal? Are they becoming better since they belong to your church or your ministry or your school? Are they actually becoming better? Or you're just enjoying the accolades that people are following you? Is there a visible transformation? Do you, do you have in your heart that I want to make these people something they were not, but higher? He says, come, I'll make you fishers of men. I'll show you how to fish for people. I'll transform what you do. I'll transform what you do. I'll change you It's Effective leadership in the kingdom Is transformational leadership You don't leave people the same People can be with you in one year And they are the same And things around them are the same Your finances are the same No Transformational leadership simply means that by the word of God and by the impartation of the Spirit, you are turning man's life around. And see, sometimes this might not happen in the crowd it will be those that boy that girl those three people that are committed that you are transforming your life when we look at the impact of your leadership we're not seeing the huge fellowship I, I, because i know a lot of you who are in this group are just starting out in ministry take your eyes off the crowd take your eyes off the crowd and who i am today because my dad poured into me and today and today, if I'm training all of you in this leadership school, it's because he trained me. In the kingdom, one's soul is important, don't ever forget that. In the kingdom of God, this is not business, this is not profit and loss, right? These are not the days we organize programs. And we're looking at, okay, how many people came? Are we able to gather the offering? No. Listen to me. These are the days where we see people as valuable in the sight of God. That people are precious in the sight of God. And if God will take us from a revival in Samaria to go and preach to one Ethiopian eunuch, In the desert, we are willing to make that journey by the Spirit so that we can equip that one man that God has called us to do. Are you following this now? One of the things we must begin to emphasize in Christian leadership is faithfulness. Faithfulness, faithfulness, faithfulness. I'll repeat it again. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. Because today we're so carried about, and, and that's what has led some of us. You know, we are now buying followers. Is it not, is it not, is it not, I mean, is it not absurd? So, you buy 10,000 followers, so you actually buy 10,000 followers for to what end? To what end? Because you want to say, oh, six million people follow this person, you are not a superstar. You're not a a social media influencer. You are a kingdom leader sent to transform the lives of men. This has to be deliberate. This has to be deliberate. Look at this. Jesus says, follow me, follow me and I will show you how to fish for me. If you follow me, I'll show you some things. If you follow me, I'll make you become someone. Remember, he wasn't just promising them prosperity. He was promising them a higher purpose, a higher consciousness of purpose. That businessman that is following you, are you just collecting seeds from him so you can pray over him? Or you're teaching him how his business can become a point of kingdom expansion? Are you just taking advantage of people to grow your followership or you're actually training them to be transformed? You know, I have a a, a leader in our church and, and, you know, been pouring on them in the past couple of years. Pouring on them in the past couple of years. Just pouring, pouring on them every month. And then he told me uh, towards the end of last year that he's got, they've got a fellowship in their workplace and... Uh, the fellowship was, was disorganized Things weren't going well So he wanted to put structure I taught them about being committed in the workplace Representing Christ and all of that And because of that he was unceremoniously You know just handed over the fellowship And he says what do you think I said well go for it Now he's organized the fellowship Things are going well People are being impacted And listen I can't go there Because he's working in a company I, I, don't, I can't go there I can't go there But because according to him, whatever I would have done there is what he is doing. So if you, for instance, if you just rate my leadership effectiveness by the people I preach to on Sunday, you would realize that you are mistaken. There are pastors all over the nations who take our materials and train their church workers. Right? Now, except because this is being streamed on Facebook, I could have done this Privately, and nobody will be aware that we did this training. And I do many trainings privately for people all over the world. That's not reflected on my Facebook status. Let me tell you focus on the work. Focus on the work. Young leader, focus on the work. Leave Instagram, this one focus on the work. Take people, take unlearned men and pour into them. You see, by the power of the Holy Spirit You will not know who you are touching Are you following this now? It's a passion in my heart tonight To encourage you Take the things you have learned in this place And pour into people That is how we think in the kingdom We're not thinking of people just following us Ah, man, I have 6,000 followers I have 500 people in my church No, we don't think that way We're not playing number games We're not doing census. Paul took Timothy who had a Greek father and a Jewish mother and took this boy and, and, and began to disciple him and began to train him. Do you realize that uh, all the pastoral letters Paul wrote he wrote to those he was training. He wrote to Timothy. First Timothy, second Timothy. He wrote to Titus. What was he doing? Encouraging them, strengthening them, pouring into them. And today, the letters Paul wrote to his disciples is what is being used to train ministers all over the world. Paul did not intend. He didn't intend that, I'm going to write this later. It will be in the Bible. He didn't do that. He focused on Timothy and that focus exploded him. Today, it was a burden in my heart that young ministers are missing mentorship. Especially with the things I learned from my dad. So I wrote the book, Dear Timothy. And I explained this verse. Things you should learn from a mentor. Focus on doctrine. Focus on his manner of life. Focus on that. Even their sufferings. And I organized the meeting. Called young pastors together. And I said, thank you. (laughs) I called young pastors together. And I said, hey, I want to teach you this truth. And an older man attended. And he said, remove that young Timothy. Remove that young minister's forum. These things you are teaching, they are for old people with benefits. So I removed, we used to call dear Timothy young ministers. And I removed it. And today, we've had dear Timothy in in Nairobi, Kenya. We're doing dear Timothy in Ghana. And it's all over the world. People are getting blessed. Listen, I did not set out to start an international pastor's training. That's not what I started. My heart was to teach the closest young pastor around me to get it right leadership in the kingdom is not making a name it's serving when you serve and your heart is right God will give you a name so people tell me today oh pastor, we want to start a pastor's network how do we start it? I say I don't know and he said, but people over. I said no, I stumbled on dear Timothy it was not a dream it was not a vision. I did not sit down and say, we have dear Timothy. I did not. It's not a, listen, it's not a dream. I did not cook it up. We had dear Timothy in Nairobi, Kenya and a pastor I haven't met. We just met on Facebook. I haven't seen physically. Their ministry paid for the venue going to hundreds of thousands. Gave us equipment. Gave us their staff. Hosted the meeting. I had never met him. How can you organize that? The reason you're not seeing miracles in your ministry is sometimes you're too organized. You're not following the gift of the Spirit. You're not following the leading of God. You see that, okay, so what do we do? No. He says, commit your ways into the Lord. He will direct your step. There is a direction that comes on your step. That's why in these meetings, I'm not teaching you principles. I'm teaching you the, the, the lifestyle That allows God to make you A kingdom leader I'm not saying you can't have a global vision I'm not saying don't have a vision Because I know there will be a place for vision But what I'm trying to say is this As a leader your primary motive Is I want to serve That vision should be a vision to serve Jesus says I've come to this world To give my life as a ransom To many He didn't say I've come to this world So people would worship me Do you realize Jesus never said that? Do you realize Jesus never told anybody to worship him? He said, I've come to give you. I've come to serve you. I've come to give you life. Every time Jesus talked about himself, he talked about giving. The outcome of that giving is that God exalted him and gave him a name that's above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Jesus did not give himself that name. God gave him. In the kingdom, we don't give ourselves names. God gives to us. We don't cut territories for ourselves. God gives us territories. That's why he said, You've multiplied 10 talents. He says, You rule over 10 cities. The cities were determined by God. Today, every young person wants to have a global ministry. And when you ask, What is that global ministry? It is UK, US, and Canada and Germany. Instead of us to say pounds, euros, and dollars is leading us, we say God is leading us to have a global ministry. Why are you not having a global ministry to Mauritius? Why are you not having a global ministry to Congo? Every every time you think of international outreach, you are thinking of US. What happened to Cotonou? What happened to Benin? Till tomorrow, one of the greatest voodoo festivals take place in Benin Republic that international people come to participate. The height of idolatry the, there. You don't, co- you won't even need a visa, but yet you would queue and forge certificates and forge documents, you know, and and, and borrow money and queue and be harassed, all because. You want to get dollars I remember one time Sorry, I'm sharing a lot I'll, I'll get to my note now But I just sense this burden in my heart You know I remember um, Before the COVID I went to the US you, Okay So I had a meeting And it was six days and, and I was coming back And the man at immigration Asked me He says You're going back so quickly I said yes He said That's strange I said why <laughs> He said You spent only six days I said yes I said because I have something to do back at home There were ministers who told me That I was not wise Pastors How can you have a two year visa You go to the US You are spending six days What are you rushing back to do Do you remember what Do you remember what the Elder brother of David told him He says who did you leave The few ships Of our father for That you came to battle And you know what? When David was talking about how God made him a leader, he says, It was God who took me from leading the sheep to becoming a leader of Israel. Take your eyes from big things. Serve God. Serve God. Serve the people. Give your life. All this, you know, I'm I'm pouring my life on people, they don't appreciate me. Forget appreciation. You were not called to be appreciated. The one appreciation you need as a kingdom leader is, well done, that good and faithful servant. Only one man can say that to you. I know this might be a bit different from what you expect, but this is what I teach. You are not... You see... You see, you, see, you, see, you see the truth of the matter is that when we talk about leadership in the kingdom what is in our heart is we want to become Steve Jobs we want to become uh, Bill Gates you are carnal it's carnality that is driving you do you realize something do you realize, jo- <laughs> do you realize God told Jeremiah he like said I'm sending you to a people who are stiff naked he says do not be afraid of their faces he says, "Do not be afraid of that." That means God was sending him to people that he will be afraid of their faces. God can send you where, when you land in the place, you will be afraid and say, "Hey, is this where God brought me?" Is it because what God wants is your obedience? What we, let, let's let's go on. Let's let's. You see, this issue of this issue of leadership in the kingdom has been corrupted. So you find a young person who, has, who, who, who is a leader. A young person who is a leader. Hmm? What he has? He has two PA, one secretary. Well, even Jesus with twelve disciples had only one treasurer. You, you have ten disciples. You have nine posts. Hmm? You have deputy secretary, assistant deputy secretary. And when all of you meet, instead of learning, everybody wants to show that they are the leader. That's the problem you have. And this is a word of knowledge to somebody in your fellowship. That's the problem you have. Because when people sit, instead of learning, everybody wants to show. As the deputy secretary, I've looked at this matter carefully. I don't think it will fly, sir. With all due respect, sir. And every leadership meeting is debate upon debate upon debate because you're trying to become who you're not. Why don't you focus on learning God's word? You know, today, we would see, and I see that on Facebook a lot and I laugh, we would see somebody like Dr. Paul Enensche writing hmm, in a meeting. We would comment, ah, this man is humble. Ah, this, is that not basic Christian habits? And you know why people say that? You know why people say that? Because they don't do it. I write in every meeting. So it's not, it's not my dad who trained me. If I'm teaching, he writes. So I can't see somebody writing and feel like it's humility. I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say. It's because we have a generation of people who just come and sit in church with their phones. Hmm? Once they are small leaders or they are president of fellowship, they'll come and be sizing the person who is teaching that doctrine. So when those people see an older person writing, they cannot help but see this is humility, which is supposed to be the basics of every believer. I tell my leaders this, when you are not teaching, you take the position of a learner. If you are not teaching, you automatically take the position of a learner. Not a position of a critic, not a position of a supervisor. You take the position of a learner. I see that our time is gone. Let me rush on this quickly. So, an effective kingdom leader must think reproduction. First 1 Corinthians 11.1 1. Okay, so you must think reproduction. Okay, sorry. Sorry, I've, I've, I've rushed over something. Let me go back. People should not just follow us for the for following sake. There is a purpose God brought every single sheep or person to follow us It is so we can show them Certain things Okay To teach them To equip them And release them For their God given purpose Which must include The ground scheme Of God's eternal plan Which is the redemption Of mankind In Luke 6.40 Jesus said The student Is not above the teacher But look at this But everyone Who is fully trained Will be like their teacher So the student is not above the teacher But everyone who is fully trained Will be like that teacher So the the leader has to ensure That those that are following you are fully trained So effective leadership in the kingdom Prioritizes training Effective leadership in the kingdom Prioritizes training An effective leader must think reproduction Okay, let me go quickly so I can wrap this up. First Corinthians eleven one says, "Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ." Pay attention to that phrase. First Corinthians eleven one, "Follow me as I follow the example of Christ." Jesus understood that to be a great leader, you have to first be a great follower, and Jesus was following the Father's lead. In John five nineteen, Jesus said, "Very truly I tell you." The son can do nothing by himself, he can only do what he sees his father doing, because whatever the father does, the son also does. So, the principle of effective leadership in the kingdom is this, follow me as I follow Christ, okay, follow me as I follow Christ. Now. Jesus exemplified that for us himself. He says, I can do nothing except what I see the Father do. So, Jesus followed the Father so we can follow Jesus. Are you following this now? Jesus followed the Father so we can follow Jesus. Take every attention to this. Which means that Jesus exemplified for us that to be a great leader, you must first be a great follower. Now, effective leadership starts from effective followership. For you as the primary leader It starts from following Christ You can't lead God's people If you're not following God That is why Paul now says In 1 Corinthians 11:1 Follow my example As I follow the example of Christ Now this is where it is big An effective leader first of all follows Christ Others follow him As he follows Christ now, pay very close attention. Don't miss this here. That means he should have taught them who Christ is. Because if they don't know Christ, they won't know when he has stopped following Christ. So the leader doesn't teach himself, he teaches Christ and shows the people how to follow Christ, and the people follow him. As he follows Christ Once he stops following Christ The people must stop following him We follow men Only as they follow Christ Which That's why Paul now says That Christ we teach Presenting every man perfect So our leadership that's, and, and that's why I, I, I want to I want to to really deal with this now. I really want to deal with this now. That's why our teaching of loyalty, we have to be careful that we are not teaching loyalty to men. We must teach loyalty to Christ by the man he has called us to learn him from. Because if you don't do that, when you even miss following Christ, your people will still follow you into error. So, the leader has the responsibility of following Christ, learning from Christ, and teaching the people Christ. So, when we have godly leadership seminars, it's not so much as methods, but doctrine. Because once the doctrine is right, the Holy Spirit will give us the right word Method. So, it means he shows them who Christ is, so that they can discern if he's still following Christ. What was Paul's exhortation to ministers? And I'll wrap up here. For effective leadership. Character for effective leadership. First Timothy 4.12 Don't let anyone think less of you because you're young. Say, so don't let anyone despise your youth. Be an example. That word again. Be an example. Alright? To believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. So he says, be an example in speech. So, for the leader, what you say is important. A leader must not talk carelessly. What you post is important. A leader cannot post carelessly. Alright? So, you have to watch your speech. Your speech must be seasoned with salt. Your manner of life, which is your character, the way you live, your example. Character is big in scriptures. We cannot have leadership without character. Your love. What love is he talking about? love for God and love for the brethren effective leadership springs out of love for God and love for the brethren and then it talks about your faith your faith in God and faith in his word and your faith that procures salvation all right so your faith in God your faith in the word then it says purity we'll talk about sexual purity financial purity And purity of teaching of the word The right motives Paul says some teach Christ out of envy You must teach for the right reasons You must teach giving for the right reasons You must teach whatever loyalty for the right reasons Whatever you teach in the word of God Teach with purity The word of God must not be adulterated The whole counsel of God must be given. So you you teach out of purity. You teach out of a genuine desire to see people's life transformed. Are you following this now? Then number two, you have financial purity. Financial integrity. We're going to talk about, my last class is on finance. Make sure you're in that class. I'm going to share a few things about finance. But you must have financial integrity. You must learn to separate your personal finance from ministry finance. We'll talk about all of that. And then sexual integrity. Your sexual integrity involves your chats, your WhatsApp, your calls. There must be purity in all of that because that's your lifestyle. Are you following this? That's your lifestyle. Alright? So there's purity in that. Now, the greatest thing a leader can work on to become effective in the kingdom of God is his character. Your focus should be on your character. Alright? Your focus should be on your character. Last scripture verse, 2 Timothy 2.2, it says... And the things thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commits thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others. So Paul puts faithfulness before ability to teach. He puts faithfulness character again before the ability to teach. He puts character before the ability to teach. Are you following this? So the emphasis Is on character. Emphasis is on discipleship. Emphasis is on training. Emphasis is on serving. Praise the name of the Lord. Alright, let's pray. Father, thank you for everyone here. We call them blessed and we pray that you establish these truths in our hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen.